Hello, you're listening to the Adams and Hayes podcast, the podcast where two blokes who should really know better try to make health and safety a little bit less boring. This week, we're having a little look at what's going on in the news, and we're going to try and revive some of our old features like Mythbusters and Loved and Loved on LinkedIn. So, let's get into it. So, Dan, how are you? I'm good. I was just saying at the top of the podcast, at the top of the podcast, before we started the podcast today, is what I mean, um, that I have bought myself as a cheeky little early Christmas present, some new like pad bits for my headphones. So I've got these really good headphones. They're really comfortable. They're really nice, but like the pads had worn away. Um, and every time we were recording the podcast, I'd like take the headphones off and I'd look black bits on my face. So I am feeling positive today because I have new pads on my headphones and I'm not going to have my face covered in black bits. So I am good. That sounds like a little positive. win, a small it victory. Is. It is, yes, and it's it's good. It is positive stuff. Not that at the moment anybody sees our faces when we're recording the podcast because no. we don't we don't currently record video. Although I think one day we should, because I've been told apparently that is the way forward. Well, we kind of did that, didn't we? When uh, Melissa came on the podcast, we recorded it, and then you you were able to share a video on Insta of yeah. you and Melissa and my floating head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. That that podcast was funny because for that podcast we tried a slightly different platform and yeah. halfway through the podcast recording, you couldn't hear anything from no. I was it Melissa. You couldn't hear Melissa, but you could hear me. So yeah. I was having to translate for you what Melissa was saying, which I think made me a better interviewer. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Anyway. I think so. It, that was really difficult. We were kind of time compressed as well in getting that that podcast in. That that was really difficult. Like like you said, I couldn't hear anything, and it's very difficult no. through a podcast when you can't hear anything. No, you're like Anthony. Have you got anything further to add on that? And I'm like, well, I don't know what you said. And yeah. <laughs> um, you've got a new mouse. Talking about new things, you've bought a yep. new mouse. I have bought a new mouse around. for my MacBook, which now makes a really annoying clicking sound, so I can't use it while podcasting. But does it have the little magic? touch on it it does have the magic touch um i think that's actually what it's called um mm. yeah so, so i can kind of scroll with it without you hearing um i just can't click on anything yeah so i'm oh well. i'm the same but i've yeah i'm the same in that i have to use my touchpad on my otherwise the listeners you can just all you will be able to hear is like click 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 which is really annoying because although it sounds like chaos we actually do have scripts and does it sound like chaos? I actually don't think it does. I think our podcast sounds very organized. Well, that's because we have scripts that we read through and we like look at and we have reference material because we don't just make things up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can't make things up. Otherwise, people will be suing us. Yeah, that is very true. You don't want to be in that position, do we? No, um, we can't. We don't have a legal department at the Adams and Hayes podcast, so you know we need to we need to do the right things. Maybe I should admit that. I might have to. Admit it's that. all right. Anyway. No, no, it's fine. If anybody wants to give us free legal advice on the Adams and Hayes podcast, please step forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, send your uh, qualifications through because we will do a full confidence test on you before we bring you on a supplier. Which sounds, yeah, which sounds really bad, doesn't it? Thanks for your free support, but we're going to let you <laughs> jump over hurdles. Yeah, thanks for offering pro bono, but we're just going to make sure you know what you're doing first. 
even though we don't know what we're doing. So yeah, it's great. I mean, that, there's there's something ironic there. there I mean, is... We could pull that apart. There's a whole podcast in that on itself. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, um, apart from your new ear pad things, um, how are you? Uh, I think I said last week, I'm just so, so ready for Christmas. Yeah. There is no part of me that's not ready for Christmas. Um, there's the part of me that's absolutely shattered that's ready for Christmas. And there's the inner child in me that absolutely loves Christmas and is so excited. And I just like sparkly lights and presents. So, you know, Christmas is a great time of year for me. I am looking forward to it. How are you? Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I've got a poorly son and a poorly wife. Hmm. Um, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just waiting to get poorly, which is weird. I am going to get it. There's no getting away from that. I know it's probably harder when you've got a child because you have to look after that child. Yeah. But like before you had Alexander, if one of you was ill, did you just like quarantine in another room? Or yeah, pretty that... much. Yeah. Pretty much. And was that like pre... Because Emma and I got married just at the start of the pandemic mm. and started to li- started living together in the pandemic. Um, so for us, like isolating from each other when you got ill not to make the other one ill is, is kind of quite normal what what was it did, have you always done that or was that like pre pre-pandemic stuff or was that kind of a post-pandemic no no i, I think we've, we've just kind of always done that we've we wanted to look after each other in yeah. in the way of we don't want the other one to get ill yeah, yeah so yeah. the other one that's ill just takes the hit with not being cared for effectively um yeah yeah which, which sounds a bit brutal but actually it was kind of a sensible approach Mm. Uh, but yeah, now we now we share this little burden of joy. Yeah, <laughs> have to both take the hit. Yeah, yeah it's like wildfire. It is. Um, it is. Anyway, so it's D and V season, everybody. Um, so wash your hands. Um, and yeah, wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. And if needs be, provide people with the ability to wash their hands. Yeah, here's a little. Um, yeah, there's a good point. If you uh, hand washing very important on site here's or in the office um also like hot water there's 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 a myth not a myth it's not really a myth we can bring it up hot hot water's real (laughs) yeah just an interesting thought right that's just popped into my head you know when you you go into a bathroom in an office or a supermarket or sometimes a service station and it says caution hot water yeah. and then the hot water is so hot that you can't wash your hands with it surely that's like not okay yeah um like surely you can't just put a sticker on a thing and say really hot water that that is going to dissuade people from washing their hands and bear in mind i saw a piece of research this week that men are like three times less likely than women to wash their hands oh really it's like 33 percent oh wash your hands in comparison, people. In comparison to women men are 33 percent is this after a particular activity no uh is yeah, this visiting the bathroom the toilet. yeah after using the toilet yeah yeah not just in general yeah, but like, i think probably wash your hands yeah. just wash your hands i mean yeah just wash your hands it's disgusting anyway D and V, wash your hands. It's winter season. That's the Adams and Hayes podcast. Thanks. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Go get your flu jabs. <laughs> or do... yeah, let's not get into that one. No, um, <laughs> that winds me up. Anyway, um, we won't get to that. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted, but I'm fine. Yeah, it's just been one of them weeks. 
one of them weeks. Yeah. 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 Real I'm looking forward to Christmas as well. And I think I'm you're definitely a Christmassy person. I'm not that much of a Christmassy person. Like Which I do I like the lights. I prefer the weather this time of year. Um yeah. some people are summer people I'm not. Um the gift giving thing some... is stressful. Some people are summer people, but you're not. Yeah. So are you like an autumn person? I'm an autumn, definitely autumn. I'm I want to wrap up without getting too hot. And I can't do that in summer. No. Um so yeah, this time of year is kind of yeah, I I'm comfortable this time of year. Yeah, um, this is a nice time of year. Like mid January is grim though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you've kind of got the post Christmas come down. Um, people have come up with that myth, and I am going to call it a myth, of Blue Monday, which is apparently the most depressing day of the year. Like, don't spout that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, let mm. let's try and give people a happy start to the year instead of being bombarded with crap on social media about Blue Monday. Yeah, I mean, my birthday's in January. Yeah, that makes January pretty cool. It doesn't. Having a birthday in January is the worst. If you have a birthday in January, you will know what I'm talking about. My wife's birthday is a couple of days after Christmas. That's a pretty bad time to have a birthday. During the Christmas holidays? Yeah. See, I think that's slightly better because you've got the Christmas lights out, everybody's in a good mood. When you get to the 10th of January, which is when my birthday is, everybody's skint. Some people are still hungover. And nobody can be bothered doing anything. Yeah. yeah. I I might actually do what I've been thinking of doing my entire life, which is have a second birthday. I think that would be fun. Are you, are you stealing the late queen's idea? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, you deserve it. Anyway. You deserve it. Anyway, yes, going back to what you were saying, sorry to make it all about me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the weather this time of the year as well. And I know what you mean about I want to be able to wrap up warm and be cozy and comfortable without feeling hot, hot, and flustered. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hot and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but yeah, the, the Christmas presents thing I just find stressful. I worry too much that the recipient isn't going to be grateful mm. based on I, I don't know I, I just don't like it and um I know that other people are getting stressed about what they should get me and I I am genuine when I say I don't want anything I, I'm an adult I earn money when I want something I go out and buy it mm-hmm. so yeah the whole yeah. present exchange thing for me I find uncomfortable I know some people yeah. love it. I know you, um, you're you a massive fan of, one, giving presents. Yeah. But you don't like receiving presents, do you? If I remember rightly. I do, but I find it... I think... I, I don't know. It can sometimes sound a bit ungrateful. What I dislike about receiving gifts is when you receive something that is really not a good present. <laughs> and actually, not just for me... <laughs> but for anybody um we, we need I'm some examples to... we need some examples tra- well i can't think of an example without offending like a salad that... knife yeah like a that's a great example yes. like a salad knife or um anything 
like a, a tuna drainer. Yeah, anything <laughs> that anything for the kitchen yeah. that the person hasn't asked for. So, like for me, one of the things that I would, um, if anybody's listening and wondering what to get me for Christmas, um, I would love something like a pressure cooker, like an old school pressure cooker, rather than like one of the ones you plug in now, which is weird. And I would love that for Christmas. So that's cool because I know what I would use that for. But if somebody just rocked up to my house and said, oh, here's a pressure cooker. And I was, I didn't know what to do with that. I'd I'd be like, that's a really, not exactly a cheap gift. Yeah. Like, Like, I really appreciate that bread maker, but I've never, ever shown an interest in making bread. Bread makers are a great example because if you're not into making bread, a bread like getting a bread maker for somebody is not a good shout. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That that's the part of, of like the whole gift giving thing that I I'm not really a fan of. I I've tried putting a lot of thought into a gift that somebody might not appreciate, and they might have put a lot of thought into a gift that I might not appreciate. And it's not yeah. because you don't know each other that well or it isn't because yeah. you you don't care or love for each other it's just mm. the the people that you see are, are only part of the people they are yeah and like how many people tell me to go i only give my kid organic food rubbish absolute rubbish so if somebody came around and went here's a lot of organic stuff for your kid i'm thinking yeah that that lie went a bit far didn't it yeah yeah when so, you start making yeah oh, i love making anyway. my own bread i've always got time to do that i'll get him a bread yeah. maker oh i'm gonna have to make my own bread now yeah, yeah 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 no anyway so while we're while we're on the subject i think it's uh it's an interesting one um presence to avoid getting a health and safety professional a t-shirt that says elf and safety yeah do not button absolutely absolutely that is such a good shout yeah. i do not want yeah. a t-shirt that says elf and safety on it yeah um i will burn it there's no <laughs> other way about it i'll do a risk assessment first but that is getting set on fire no do you know what i'm throwing caution to the wind <laughs> i'm throwing caution to the wind i am just setting that on fire Oh dear. and i'll make sure that i'm in the house of the person that's giving it to me yeah um any collaterals, their own fault. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I've stolen trying, the good one, haven't I? I'm you've sorry stolen the good one. I'm oh, trying to think if there's another one. I'll tell you, I'll tell you some good ones to get people in construction, which is anything that keeps people warm. That is a great... Pr- I, I like, regardless of whether it's health and safety. Yeah. Although, to be fair... Yeah, some health and safety people do spend a lot of time in the office and so probably don't need to keep warm. But I know when I'm on site, anything to keep anything that helps keep me warm that I can wear under my PPs or like thermals or you know those little hand warmers that you can put in your pocket. Although yeah, you kind of you break the the chemical mm. reaction on it and it it warms up. Yeah, so so you can you can get ones that like slide into your gloves. So those are quite good because mm. um, obviously a lot of sites will have rules um about not having your hands in your pockets which is fair enough and we can we could we could dichotomize that i don't know if that's a word to the nth degree but you know so things that like help people keep warm while yeah you, you can get like heated jillies yeah that are like battery operated and they just kind of it, it's like 
You don't like the old um, electric blankets? Yeah. So I think that would be a bad thing to get a health and safety professional, depending on their own risk appetite. Because if you get that for somebody who is kind of a little bit more risk positive, let's say, they're (laughs) going to be like, that's fine. But if you get that for somebody who's like risk negative, they're going to go, where's the lithium battery fire extinguisher? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Or... Um, how am I supposed to get this off really quickly if it was to set on fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, health and safety professionals are ruined Christmas, don't we? So I think I'm going to start this week. Go for it. Um, it's an article that I came across um, while doing my usual kind of rounds of the internet. And this particular article I was interested in um, came from Construction Inquirer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the headline is three Caledonia modular built schools to be demolished. And I thought that doesn't sound great. I, I was kind of expecting a, a rack kind of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like that at all. Um, there's a, a company that used to be called Caledonia modular who did offsite installations or mm-hmm. off-site construction to install on-site. Um, and yeah, they were given the contract um, from the Department of Education uh, mm-hmm. to build five schools. Two, they never completed, um, and they've already been demolished. And three schools, um, it was highlighted back in August, um, that they were structurally unsafe. So the um, Department for Education has now come forward released a statement saying yep these are gonna have to go as well so we're gonna have to rebuild three more schools Mm. um so yeah it it kind of how how did we get here how did we get from governments awarding contracts to contractors who clearly have no idea what they're doing yeah i think it's an interesting one in terms of kind of your first thought was well I say it's interesting there's certainly a point of discussion here that your first thought was rack which uh, for those that missed that is reinforced aerated concrete Um, in the same year we've suddenly discovered something else yeah I I say we've, we've discovered it as in the public have found out that this is something that the Department for Education have been dealing with. What What's the rhyme? Once is a... Oh, I don't want this rhyme. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's had to be what, up to fail there, Dan. It's like one, one thing is... Uh, anyway, basically, one thing is like... One thing happens, two's a coincidence, three is... Oh, fool me once. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Fool me once, fool me twice, yeah. not three times. Yeah. Things like that. I don't think that works with risk, um, personally. But so yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested how how to hear, uh, um, yeah, from from your research, how how the Department for Education handled the fact that this is kind of the second the, issue the, that de- has come up within the space of twelve months. The Department for Education are doing what most government bodies tend to do these days. And that shy away from the fact that they've issued dodgy contracts in 2020. Um, they've made this contractor, uh, financially, their 11th largest contractor, working 
on both DFE projects and Ministry of Justice projects. Hmm. Although they previously had an issue uh, where they supplied the the equipment and the means um, for the Paragon Estate in Brentford to be built. Mm-hmm. Um, the company delivering that used Caledonian Modular in order to build it. A thousand um, student residents had to evacuate the buildings for them being found unsafe. Mm. Equans have recently picked up the seventy-two million pound contract to go and rectify that. Mm. So this is six in total cases where this company has failed, mm. and still they were still winning contracts. They've now um, liquidated their assets were purchased um, by JRL Group. Uh, they filed for administration in March twenty twenty two. So. Um, they, they did have a turnover of 45.3 million mm. and then a year later filed for administration mm. and yet another government contract given to yet another company within the construction sector that clearly has no idea how things are how things are designed and built for any longevity other than their payday yeah which is is now not a thing because they've gone bust. Yeah. Um. In in your research for this, how much of their financial troubles were linked? Have can can we see have been linked to the failure? You know, kind of this this stuff that's going on with regards to the modular buildings. None. I can't link any of it. Hmm. I can't link any of it. It's almost as if they. And again, this is my personal opinion. Um, this isn't anything else that I've read um, while researching, but it's almost as if they put the builds in place, then when we need to get out of here. We right. need to get out of here because they've already found out two. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't even complete building them, and they were told to be demolished. We've mm. got another three that we've built and one that was evacuated this isn't going well for us let's go and was it the is it the method of construction that's the challenge or is it it, do they just call themselves caledonian modular um no that the the reason they called caledonian modular was because they did off-site modular builds and imported them on site to effectively construct Mm -hmm. the idea the government giving them the contract was it was safer it was quicker um, it was mm-hmm. kind of less disruption to the, the local population because these things were effectively built off-site, dragged yeah, on-site, yeah, yeah. and installed. So that's why they were called Caledonia Modular. Well, yeah. they, they, the company wasn't um, wasn't acquired by JRL Group. It was just the company's assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost as if JRL has turned around and went, do you know what, that's a really good product? Yeah. But we're not buying so- the risk that you're leaving behind. So I guess that was going to be my next question, which is from, is it the method of construction that's a challenge or was it this particular company in the way that they delivered that? I think it's the particular company in the way they would deliver it. Mm. They, from what I've read, their offsite stuff was, was great. The, the methodology behind it was fantastic. But as soon as the structures have effectively landed and assembled, 
thing things have not gone well. Mm. So yeah, it'd be it'd be so interesting to see a picture of their supply chain. So if it is kind of interesting to hear that, and I wonder what it would be like in terms of taking something that's manufactured in a factory, which mm. is a as we know is a is is a much safer environment than a construction site um for the very reason that it's way more structured whether people who manufacture something in a, a factory um and i think it's it's something that needs to be considered as we move into an age of construction where all sorts of technologies are now coming in where things can be assembled off site or yeah you know you can even get a 3d concrete printer madness um <laughs> just bonkers but we live in a world now where technology that actually adds quite a lot of safety i wonder whether the assumption that the technology is much safer because it's built in a factory maybe lowers people's yeah yeah i know what you mean and i must admit when when i talk about off-site construction i tend to think big warehouse lots of hands lots of equipment like um in, inbuilt cranes and stuff like that assembling all these pieces to manufacture standards so you're not going to get any kind of shoddy workmanship on site kind of thing um where we don't actually know do we we don't know what that workmanship like workmanship is like in the factory um, I, I would like to ask Construction Inquirer and other sources of construction information, like Construction News, um, for them to start um, putting who was PDPC. That would be really useful for us. Yeah, understanding the CDM relationship. <laughs> yeah, that would be really useful for us rather than this. I mean, there, there would have been more people involved, um, mm -hmm. but kind of all of it is being thrown at Caledonia Modular, who now aren't a thing. So, mm. yeah. But mm. I, um, I think, again, one of the reasons that this one stuck out um, was it's another government contractor getting a really big payday who have obviously not been checked as thoroughly as somebody in the private sector might. Yeah. Which is shocking, right? Because it should be the other way around. 100% should be the other way around. They're spending public money. Mm. I want to make sure that, or I want the confidence that the government has made sure they're sending the best contractors onto these projects. So I think I think this is interesting when you look at devolved power. Most of the schools in Scotland are owned by the local authorities. So, you know, I think it's slightly different up there. But in England, you've got academies, you've got trusts. Yeah that are slightly different. You've then got the Catholic schools, which sit out, uh, we, we, I mean, you'd expect them to, but they sit under a different governance framework. Yeah. I wonder how much of, you know, I, I think we can say, yes, the DFE need a tighter handle on this. My, my question, I guess, to summarize and be a little bit less wordy is, how much influence did the DFE actually have over these contracts? Yeah, I, well, we, we're not gonna know, are we? I mean, these Not. these particular modular bills that we're talking about were schools that were built under the Department for Education's £3 billion modular framework. 
Right. So this was the Department for Education's, here's how we're going to fast track construction to build us more schools. Here's how we're going to get more schools built. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, they've taken that from from the councils or the local authorities, and they've said, we're doing this. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's an element there of, local authority you know i you could literally pull that apart yeah and think about how would you do this differently i mean which is ultimately the point of safety right is to go okay we've had an issue here how would we do this differently but but yeah i mean i I think that the biggest question i've got is how many of these builds were successful that's a good point so is it and it goes back to the question i was asking which is is it the method of construction that's Mm. not fit purpose or is it the way that it was constructed whether we transfer a certain method of construction into a different sphere and then that starts to import problems yeah and i think one of the things that we don't talk about a lot is how we manage change how we manage risk through change Mm. Um, and lots of people go, well, you know, when the company changes, we'll do this, but actually managing risk through changes, we're changing the application of a material. We're changing the application of a, a methodology. Yeah. Is it still safe or is it still fit for purpose? Exactly. And does it interact well with every other product or system or service that you're using at that time? Because if there's a conflict, that conflict needs to be resolved. Absolutely. Um, yeah yeah completely agree um you need to take a really holistic approach in how you import something different Mm -hmm. and how it's how it's imported how it's converted how it's used what are the outputs um how how, has that increased your waste output has that increased your carbon footprint has all all these other kind of questions that that people are now asking and that aren't necessarily safety but um kind of lumped under one kind of banner i suppose yeah um has anybody considered that before pulling the trigger on on a complete methodology change so yeah that is my news story for the week so we're going to bring back a feature mythbusters we're doing Mythbusters first. We'll do Mythbusters first. You were supposed to leave three minutes ago. I know. It's fine. I've got time. Um, as long as I'm there by half eight, it'll be fine. Okay. So, Mythbusters. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was doing some research for our website. Um, and just in terms of, we've got a website now. Uh, we're trying to blog on it. You should go on it. Um, just in terms of doing a bit of what kind of content should we be putting on our website. Um, and I was reading some research and it said, Google your topic on Reddit. And I found this post. So there's a couple in here, Anthony, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you what you think of each of them. This is a quick fire round of Mythbusters. Okay. Um, and you, you kind of need to tell me what you think about these, these myths. Okay. So what I'm going to do, just so that everybody's aware, I'm going to give you my knee jerk reaction to the question. Great. Then I'm going to attempt to quantify it. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, okay go for it. Okay, so first, so this this uh, this Reddit post is a, a question, is an answer to a question, which is what's your personal experience with health and safety 
so far. Now, I'm not really sure what they mean by so far. Maybe it's sort of in life. Maybe it's in a job. Um, and this person has responded. They said, I've been reflecting on some of the stuff me and others had to put up with in my last job. The first being multiple people losing their job because they never held the handrail. So question number one, actually, <laughs> myth or not a myth, can you sack somebody for not holding the handrail? That's got to be a myth. It's got to be a myth. I mean, that that would be the safe way to go up and down stairs. You hold onto the handrail with one hand, you'll carry whatever you need in the other hand, and you walk up and down the stairs safely. So if you were to slip, you can grab on. However, yeah. is that a sackable offence? No, that can't be. No, so this is this is one of the interesting things where I think companies make certain risks, quote unquote risks, golden rules. Oh and yeah, then they have yeah. and golden rules are just a, a catch all because most people have some form of health and safety golden rule. Yeah, um, you know, you big tier one contractors like Balfour Beatty have actually have some really good ones. I really like Balfour Beatty's golden rules. They're nice and simple and straightforward. Um, all the way down to your office in I don't know. I'm struggling to think of a UK town. Anyway, um, <laughs> Reading, Reading, yeah. Redding. So, um, and I think I think this is one of those cases where somebody's gone. We're going to put this in the golden rules. Um, I don't know. I... Possibly. I mean, I've heard people get sacked for the breach of a golden rule with regards to speed limits. Yeah, and the speed limit on their kind of in their office environment was really low. And they were caught doing double it. So say it was like five miles an hour speed limit. They were doing ten. And they were doing ten. And they went, That that's a breach of our rules off your pop. I've heard of that before. Yeah. But I kind of get which, that because that's driving. If you're gonna yeah, do which, go on. Which makes a bit more I was gonna say that makes a little bit more sense, yeah. So I mean we'd we'd probably need to know more. Like if they had five people fall down the stairs, they've been subject to some form of civil litigation for it so they've determined we need everybody to hold on to this handrail that isn't going to fix the problem though right what we should be doing is go on no so i was going to say so this company went to the extent of having a security guard placed in the stairwell walking up and down the stairs do you know what that sounds like people were handling i hope he was holding or she was holding on um Do you know what that sounds like? A really poorly designed staircase? That's exactly what I was thinking about. That's exactly what I was thinking, is that that staircase, there's something wrong with that staircase. Like somebody did or, a study that like a step only needs to be like three mil out and somebody will trip yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what I was thinking when I read it was, there's something wrong with that stair, that's something wrong with that stairwell. 100%. You'd get the lift, wouldn't or, you? Or, or... Somebody's done their IOSH. Um, what's the lowest IOSH safety awareness? They're like really not the managing safely. That is, it's not even working safety. Like they yeah. What is the one below working safely? I don't know, but like the really low, low working safely. We're not it's discrediting got... these low. No, 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 no. no they're they're no. good courses. They are good I'm courses. I'm somebody's done one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I fully recommend it to any manager or executive to do the IOSH managing safely. Um. But it's it looks like somebody's gone and done like the ba- the really really low l- entry level accreditation. Gone. I've got an IOSH membership. I'm going to go down round and do a risk assessment. Stairs. 
how can we risk this as stairs? <laughs> Everybody has to hand. And they, this is just clearly somebody who's just got too much power in the organization. Oh, it's like. I wish the people listening could see your mannerisms while you're. <laughs> while you're um, being another character. Mm, yeah, well, I'm. Impersonating. In, well, I'm impersonating some person that I don't know that may may or may not exist. But um, yeah, so I think this is an interesting one in terms of do you have to go to this extent with a risk that somebody would encounter in their own home? Because the next one is bread knives. Yep, go. The bread knife was banned. <laughs> what? I don't know oh, please tell me it was a kitchen. The bread knife was banned in the canteen because somebody slightly cut themselves, which resulted in no bread other than pre-sliced was allowed. They had a rule that said you can't bring unsliced bread into the office. Wow. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. This, this has got to be a joke. So I'm, I'm going to say myth again. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say myth. I mean, it's not like somebody's brought in like an electric bread slicer and used it like a, a mini chainsaw. Yeah. It's just a bread knife. What, like one of them things you carve the turkey with? Yeah. It's, the, it's yeah. like literally like... Yeah. Yeah, like a little chainsaw. <laughs> chainsaw for bread. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say this is a myth as well. I think genuinely people have just jumped on Reddit and gone, what ridiculous thing can I make up that... That... No, but I'm enjoying this. It's funny. Yeah, this is quite funny. We're sorry if you're the person that lost their finger with a bread knife. But they didn't lose their finger. <laughs> they just slightly cut themselves. <laughs> it's a point. It's not riddle reportable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible. Okay, go on. Hit me with the next one. Um, so this one is a little bit more sensible. Um, company brought about their own driver training, which was applicable to everybody, and you weren't even allowed to drive your own car to work until you complete. So you can't even commute um, because a UK driving license and insurance isn't enough. It, it, it wasn't it's enough for a member of the public. The training wasn't recognised by insurers, so we couldn't even claim some sort of discount for additional driver training for our like okay so just like a random how have they sold that cost to their board again we'd, we'd need to see why that business decision was made maybe they had a lot of incidents with people commuting and decided well actually we care about our stuff that much we're gonna pay for them to do this additional like driver see, I, bus I, or whatever i i just think you you're being so generous i i honestly think this is a like a jobs worth <laughs> health and safety officer who hasn't got anything to do. Oh, officer! Just making... oh. oh, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. Uh, that's who's making up. <laughs> well, it's that you know when we, I mean we said it last week. Okay, we said that like I think one of the things that health and safety professionals struggle with is that people keep changing our job description and thus <laughs> the brief. But this sounds like some. This sounds like a frustrate. As I, I sometimes turn it, term it. The, this sounds like, as I sometimes term it, a frustrated police officer. Um, somebody who, this is, I don't. Yeah, somebody who's not good enough to get into the police, but has managed to get themselves a Nebosh certificate, and is now taking out their frustration at people's inability to abide by the law. On a group yeah, of I'm office staff. 
you're right. I'm probably giving them a little bit too much. Um, but we don't know the decisions behind these, do we? We don't know whether um, they, they employ 250 people and last year 25 of them died commuting <laughs> to work driving. Yeah, but so, okay, so he, he, that's... I shouldn't laugh at that because if that has happened, that's awful. Um, but also, I think that would have really shown up. I think we'd have seen a newspaper article about that. To be <laughs> yeah. fair. I think I, I don't. This company don't doesn't make it... people redundant. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what you can't do, you you driving on public roads. Exactly. Yeah. So. Not every yeah, accident your, is the fault of the driver that's in the accident. It could be exactly somebody's in your own time. Yeah, but you dri- it's this is commuting. They're not driving for work. By the sounds of it, they're literally going to an office block, parking but at the office. Your insurer puts that down as driving for work if you're driving to work, which is why you no, need social, domestic, pleasure, and commuting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's not business mileage. It's not business mileage. It's commuting. So you yeah. need to make sure your insurance has commuting on there. Yeah, but but I think this is the point that this person's making is why oh why do we have to do additional training yeah. when I'm already declaring on my insurance that I'm driving to work, therefore paying the extra premium in order to commute. I mean, they're now making said, me do this. They've said that training. it doesn't affect their insurance. Does it affect the company's insurance? It will. I would imagine it would affect. I imagine the it would. Insurance. They, so they must I, have sold it because that comes at a cost. But we're we're assuming that this has been like we're assuming this is an off the shelf solution that they've gone and paid a you know we we've both worked in in companies um, for a while where, where we've had to you know put different information into a driving system and I think I've used every one that you can access I've, in the UK. I've had to do a driving test. Yeah, yeah, I've had to do a driving test in a previous job. Um, yeah, and I we we had to do certain tests if we wanted to drive on certain sites. So you know, like. That's fine, but that was for work. Yeah. If a company turned around and went, "You've you've got to do this driver training," and I said, "But I'm not driving for work. I'm just driving to the office." <laughs> I'd do it, but I would definitely sit there and laugh the whole way through, it, being like, "This is totally pointless." Man, I I I need to know more, and I also need to, I need to remember this is a Reddit post, and people on the internet are weirdos. <laughs> I mean, the the person who's posted it, their profile picture is Mr. Blobby in front of a Union Jack flag. Oh, <laughs> Brexit they're... Blobby. Not Brexit Blobby. <laughs> yeah, it's Brexit Blobby. But, like, oh, I just think that's either not real or that person, that's got to be a joke. But I, th- I, think, I think this is, this is where... I, do you know what? I can't make a point about this. This is just ridiculous. I, I cannot find a way of turning this into a point. I'm just reading this and going, I would quit. I, like, I would quit. If I had to enforce any of that as a health and safety, if I should turn around to people and say, you can't, you can't use a bread knife to cut your bread. Yeah. Somebody would lamp you. You'd get smacked. You'd or, say it to the wrong person. Or, or people like, would start bringing in more dangerous knives. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. I won't use a bread knife. Here's my jungle machete. <laughs> I've I've bought myself a bread guillotine. 
somebody comes in with it like uh um, <laughs> what they called you know the the slices that you use in the in the bread shop where it just it falls down a little <laughs> ramp and it comes out they, they oh, just yeah. wheel that <laughs> they just wheel that into the lift one day yeah. Bing, doors open and they just wheel out exactly. this bread slicer freshly thing, sliced like, bread for anyone yeah fresh <laughs> <laughs> that that can't be to, legit. You, you be said legit. I had to have sliced bread. You didn't say I couldn't slice it in the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stood in the car park doing it. Um. So, I think all of those things, from a safety perspective, apart from maybe the driving part, are myths. Um, I think that post as a whole is a complete myth. And there's also a fourth point on it that I just do not feel comfortable reading out of the podcast. Um, no. And I have just realised that it's posted by somebody with Brexit blobby as a profile picture. So you know, what what do you think? How out of the three? I think all of them are myths. All of them. All of them are myths. I think it's a bit of an attention-seeking post on Reddit. Yeah, I enjoyed going through it though. I found yeah. that that was funny. Yeah. I think that was better than I think that I think that Mythbusters was way better than Pat testing or hard hats. Definitely. So what we need to yeah. do is find posts that we can go. We need to talk about that because that's either yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's either funny or people are going to be face palming while listening to yeah. the um, pod. Absolutely. If you yeah. have um, if you have some content that you think we we could read through, um, we could we could turn it in any way that we want really um we call it mythbusters you can send it in anonymously well not anonymously you can send it to us via email and we won't say who you are um at podcast at aahcs.co.uk and if you've got anything like that we would love to have a read through it and just have a have a laugh at whether there are some real myths out there um that being said what i will say is that when i did my iosh managing safely I did a risk assessment on the office kitchen and I really went overboard on it and I got full marks. Like I, I really got full marks and my, and, um, my boss at the time was like, we'll never use that risk assessment. It's way over the top. And he explained something to me and I think it, it comes into this, which is you, I can't remember where it comes from. Um, and I could be quote, could be slightly misquoting this, but generally you don't have to go to the nth degree risking a risk assessing a hazard that is present in the workplace in the same state that it would be present in someone's home so um that you basically got two tests there is it present in someone's home and does it operate in exactly the same way kettle yeah does it operate in exactly the same way so, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's all the guys on site messed with it. It did. <laughs> it now runs off a Makita battery drill. <laughs> yeah, that 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 okay. that brings a whole new meaning to impact driver, doesn't it? it? Really does, really does. So I had one earlier on. I just quickly drop this one in. Um, cosh assessment for washing up liquid. Yeah, so that's that's a really good example, and that's actually one of the ones that was on there. Um, was do you need to do a risk assessment for washing up liquid because it is a cosh substance and it does have an MSSDS? The question is, is it present in the same state that it would be in someone's home, and is it used in the same way for washing dishes? 
But then again, you've got people that work in kitchens where exactly. they'll be washing up for hours on end, which you wouldn't do at home. Yeah, so the risk is different. So contact dermatitis can develop and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. yeah. So, so you do need to you need to assess that. Yeah. But you don't need to assess I might get shot for saying this and this might but yeah, I'm really glad we're insured here. But you don't need to risk assess all the dangers associated with using fairy liquid in a staff kitchen for one or two people to wash the cups up. Yeah. Cause yeah. We don't. I am absolutely sure there's legal precedent for that somewhere, and I will dig it out for the next podcast. Um, do we have time for loved and loved on LinkedIn? Yeah, go for it. So I might edit it out. See how we're going. Sure, that we means you'll have to edit the intro as well. Yeah, that's true. So, um, oh no, let's do it. Let's cool. Do it. All right. My loved people proudly showing their services on LinkedIn with a picture that should actually see you running for the hills. Services. Yep. So services like we work in roofing or we right. work with mupes or yeah. we, we're in civils and this is our site setup. And it's I absolutely a... shocking. Okay. I saw a great one the other day. Yeah. Um, was a pers- person working in a petrol station yep. using the petrol to clean the forecourt floor. Incredible incredible <laughs> so the one that i saw it was um a company i'm not going to name them obviously uh there was a company um they posted a photo of five people working at height not mm. one harness between them mm. with a with like a a comment on there saying we get the job done why would you look anywhere else followed by hundreds of safety professionals jumping on going probably should have run this past your pr team Probably yeah, should have run this past your safety team. Hope you're, um, why would you look anywhere else? Well, you're going to be hoping the HSER because you're going to court, my friend. Yeah, well, I'm probably going to look elsewhere because you haven't provided any fall protection. Where, That's very true. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. It, it's almost as if people need retraining if they're going to be running a social media account on what people should and shouldn't see. That, that's your company brand, isn't it? Um, surely people... People that work for the company should be looking at what they're posting before posting it publicly on the basis that that's their yeah. brand, that's their reputation. Um, people are going to see that and go, no, why would we pick them? It's a bit like when you get a dodgy driver on a motorway, cut you up, and you go, I'm going to remember the name of that company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. that's how they're, how they're people are treating other members of the public on a, on a motorway, we won't want to work with them pretty much the same but the reason that they're posting something is to try and drum up support they just go about it in a really poor way yeah no it's an interesting one i think it's sort of what i was saying earlier is that our approaches to work at height the theories to work at height are there but there's a behavioral piece that still needs to happen um and it almost proves the point that they're willing to put that photo up as advertisement of saying, oh, you know, we're, we're going to get this done because actually straight off the bat, it's like, what thought process has gone through if you've taken that photo? Yeah, and they were definitely at a height that if they fell from there, they may not have survived. That's the that's the height they were. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's your that's lowest my on lowest LinkedIn? on LinkedIn this week. Um, do I have one? I have one more if you I want. I'm not. I've not been on LinkedIn too much recently. It's it's just generally been annoying me, and it's not good for myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm gonna just throw another loved out there. We're gonna have to come up with a loved at some point. However, hmm. at the minute, every second post is an advert. It yeah. never used to be like that. Um, I'm yeah, not yeah, on yeah. on premium. The price for premium, by the way, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, I. I had a free trial yeah. of it um, a couple of weeks yeah. ago in order to access some of the courses because the, the co- LinkedIn courses are actually pretty mm. decent. Um, forgot to cancel it. £28 later. £28 doesn't sound too bad, to be honest. I'm sure it was... I'm sure the price I looked at was like 50 quid a month. I'm sure it was like 50 quid a month. And I'm like, that. I can't justify that. I mean, it's nearly 30 quid a month. Oh, yeah. That's still yeah, a lot. Still a lot. I don't pay that much on my phone bill. No, no. So yeah, anyway. um, so yeah, so I, I get it. Excuse me, the generating revenue, but every second ad, every second post being an advert is ridiculous. Yeah, and not just that, they're not very well targeted adverts either. Mm-hmm. I'm getting adverts for no. some really weird stuff. That might be because you've you've got like decent filter settings on you. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I actually do have a loved on LinkedIn. Oh, go for it. Um, so I think I mentioned a couple, and maybe I mentioned last week on last week's podcast. If I didn't, basically there was something that got posted, and I jumped on there and was like, "This is ridiculous. This is never going to work. Like, we might as well for work." Funnily enough, it was about work at height. We might as well connect. So I jumped on there. I was on this post. I saw it was a bit ridiculous. It was a work at height thing. Um, and I said, you might as well, you know, kit people out with moon shoes, oh, yeah. jetpack, yeah. all the rest of it. <laughs> so somebody's got in contact with us, um, and I do, I haven't actually spoken to you about this, um, who, following that, wants to involve us in a bit of research. So that's quite that fun. That's quite fun. Um, they're doing a course at the University of South Wales in the UK, and they uh, they reached out to me and asked if uh, I'd be up for doing a bit of an interview. So that's fun. Um, so... I've suggested that, and um, I've put your name forward as well. So we might be helping with some academic research. Yeah, so that's um, that's kind of cool. Um, get involved in a little bit of research, maybe help somebody with their dissertation. Yeah, so sounds good. Sounds good. I'll um, yeah, I'll wait for them to uh, get in contact. So, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your feedback. And if you have enjoyed the podcast, please rate it, leave a review, and it really helps reach people who might be interested. You can get in touch with us on our socials at Adams underscore Hayes on Twitter slash X, whichever you're calling it, and Instagram. And if you want to drop us an email, suggest a feature, um, give us a little bit of info that maybe you think we might not have heard of, um, or just ask us to cover a topic, you can email us at podcast at aa so that's two a's hcs.co.uk that's podcast at aahcs.co.uk so thank you so much for listening today we really hope you've enjoyed it um for this week stay safe stay healthy and stay well